All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording uh, Monday night, slap dab in the middle of the uh, Monday night football game. So if there's like dead air time or I seem super distracted, it's because we're watching football right now. <laughs> so we're going to be trying to be quick on this one so we can catch the tail end of the game. But uh, so far, not pleased with uh, how Detroit's looked. But regardless, like I said, I want to be quick so I can just, just be disappointed by myself and not live on the air. Uh, we're recording here episode number 102, uh, Monday night. We have uh trick or treating with the kids coming up here, uh, tomorrow instead. So we're not recording on the typical Tuesday evening. So Monday night it is, and, uh, we're recording for a little trade deadline talk. Uh, we're recording for a little, uh, weeknight prep. Um, and then we'll get into a little bit of, uh, what happened here in week eight. So, um, I guess before we, before we get started here, Armand, and I guess Zach too. Tough, tough week for the boys. A eh? tough week for the boys in uh, in the old high school department. Yeah, you know, uh, we we went down to North Battleford Saturday, and it uh, didn't go the way we wanted to. But uh, got to give it to North Battleford. They're a tough physical team, and they they beat us on the the O line and D line, kind of like what I said last week. It would come down to that, and. Uh, that's what it came down to, and they beat us there. And uh, our boys kept fighting through. They kept fighting through the adversity. We were down by 14 points at one point, tied it up again, and then uh, North Battleford ended up scoring two unanswered touchdowns and, and kind of took it away from us there in the in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, you know, it's tough, tough one. Someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose. But good luck to Battleford as they. Go on to take the take on the Evan or not Evan Hardy, sorry, the Aiden Bowman uh, Bears. They are, I think, they're like ranked number four in Canada right now, even for for the high school football of their of their size. Um, so which is incredibly impressive. I think actually them and I'm gonna say them and Wayburn are both top five in Canada, and there's a good chance they can end up playing each other in the uh, provincial final. But regardless, good luck to battle for as they go take on uh, Aiden Bowman uh, this upcoming weekend. And uh, Zach, the uh, Evan Hardy Souls took on the uh, Bethlehem Stars and uh, in the Div 2 championship game. And unfortunately for you guys, that was not quite the result either. Yeah, it was a little bit of a rough one. We, uh, Probably played our worst half of football in the first half, and we did the the Christian thing. We spotted them, I think, twenty eight points at half. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, came back though. We had it within a score, um, early on in the fourth, but we just couldn't uh, couldn't get it any closer than that. So, uh, it was a good game though. Second half, we we played really good. So, uh, just wish we could have played. Uh, a decent first half for sure now um well, obviously high school's done now too uh, we still have a couple high schools left for provincials and whatnot but also uh in other football related saskatchewan talk hilltops won their semifinals and their whatever call i can't remember what the actual the bowl game is called here uh it's not they won they won the league two weeks ago and now they won there regardless the canadian semifinals and now they're going on to in BC. They'll be playing in the finals on Remembrance Day, November 11th. So uh, I think it's November 11th. If I'm not mistaken. I might have to double check that date. But regardless, the Hilltops are going once again. I know that's uh, they were a dynasty. I think they won like 11 
years or eight years or some massive number of Canadian championships in a row. And uh, now they're going uh, back after uh, after a hiatus. So good luck to the Hilltops in a, in a week prep and, and then obviously heading down to uh, to the Canadian championship as well. But before that, we'll, um, I guess, get her going. We got uh, we did the Halloween question last week. Uh, so this one, uh, we got a little bit of a different topic that we'll discuss here, but I'll hit the intro and uh, and we'll uh, we'll get things going. to find out so we're recording here like i mentioned the monday monday evening uh so by the time this podcast drops the trade deadline will have completed and there's some names floating around there there's the derrick henry's of the world there's uh, some big offensive players floating around uh with the kirk cousins injury which we'll get to in a little bit here uh there's even some talk that uh that maybe the the Vikings might end up going after Jameson uh, Winston, James Winston, sorry. So they, there's a lot of that have actually that can happen, but obviously by the time this recording has dropped uh, here on the Wednesday morning, then uh, that deadline will have passed. But we're looking at much the same as the deadline. Uh, our fantasy deadlines are rapidly approaching in about, for most of us, it'll be in about four weeks, three weeks time uh, that that deadline will pass. So in our dynasty league, we are going to throw out not only a name that we are looking to trade away, but also a name that we are trying to trade for as well. Um, and maybe we'll start with the trade aways and then, then we'll, uh, we'll conclude with the trade fours and we'll start this one off with uh, Zach, your, your trade away. Well, Armin, you might want to cover your ears here because <laughs> I am trading or trading away uh, or I would be attempting to trade away. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, tight end for the Vikings. Uh, And this has more to do with uh, who's throwing him the ball than anything else. Uh, We saw Kirk Cousins go down um, this weekend on Sunday, and it looks like it's a season-ending injury. So uh, that leads me to think Hawkinson's production could potentially take a, a pretty drastic turn for the worse. Um, looking at the quarterbacks they have on the roster right now, uh, I believe Nick Mullins would be their, their second string quarterback, but he's on the IR for another week or two, I believe, which leads us to, uh, rookie quarterback, Jaron Hall from BYU. Certainly not somebody that many people would be uh, familiar with or accounting on for, uh, fantasy production or real actual NFL production. So, Unless the Vikings can make a trade happen here in the next uh, 24 hours uh, or sign a veteran off the street, I wouldn't be having much hope for the entirety of that Vikings offense uh, going forward. So that would lead me to looking or lead me to look to trade away Hawkinson, who on the season is, I believe, tight end three. Um, So if you can find somebody that might have a, a higher opinion of the, the quarterback situation in Minnesota, perhaps you could trade Hawkinson for some pretty good value because before that injury, I'm sure you could have got quite the haul for the number three tight end on the season. Sorry, Zach. I had to sell you there real hard. I'd interrupt you. 27 yard tutty for Jameer Gibbs. Not only solidified me a big W in a Monday night matchup, but also a fat, plus 900 parlay so the boys are pretty oh. sparked right now that uh that was a 
that was what we needed right there. That, that's a live celebration. We're, we're invested like you guys at home too. So just as much as we're talking the demise of uh, TJ Hawkinson, we're pretty fired up here on a Monday night. Um, yeah, that's I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up here. I can't talk about terrible players right now, Armin. You you better go next. <laughs> um, I I didn't cover my ears there, Zach, but uh, I'm leaning towards you a little bit on the TJ Hawkinson take. But you know what? Uh, when it comes to um young quarterbacks or not very good quarterbacks, sometimes a tight end can be the security blanket. So. I, if I'm looking to get rid of someone in the Vikings passing attack, it'd be Addison, I think. Um, Salamale's hot and, and keep TJ because he's going to be a security blanket. My guy is Raheem Mostert. Um, and the big reason for him is like he's just an injury waiting to happen. Um, I'd be scared if I had him on my team and scared of him eventually getting hurt again this season and being a out for a long term and having a stint on IR, especially the further we get into the season and the more touches he gets. And then you also just look at how much touches he actually gets. He's or a share per, snap share percentage. And he's under 60% now since uh, Jeff Wilson has come back. And we'll see, especially when it, and when a chain comes back, what's going to be happening there in that Miami backfield with those three backs, how many touches he's actually going to get. He could still be explosive, don't get me wrong, Like, but it's going to be any given week could be a dud or a, or a boom week for him. So I'd be looking to sell him while he's hot right now. Mine, mine's spicy. Mine's spicy. I could jump on the same conversation you guys had. It could be the same thing as like trading away at Justin Jefferson. I mean, people are you know are excited for him to come back off the injury. We still don't know a timeline of when he's coming back off the hamstring injury, so... Uh, you could be looking at possibly selling still a name high off the off the uh, in the name value, but it's the same reason why I'm going to be trading away. I'm going to trade away Cooper Cup, and like this isn't like I'm trying to sell Cooper Cup on pennies on the dollar because he's Cooper Cup. He's a first round draft pick. He's you know a huge fantasy name, uh, but back to back down weeks, and that's not necessarily why I'm looking to trade Cooper Cup. But this season could go downhill quick for the Rams they look like contenders for a bit but now two not great losses in a row and now with a a, uh, Matthew Stafford injured hand uh, he injured his throwing thumb I think it's called the UCL joint if I'm not mistaken in the thumb Um, so now his timeline is not great they don't know the exact extent of how long or if he is gonna miss time but at first they feared that it was an actual broken thumb uh, and if that was the case, then he was going to miss substantial time. Um, so there's some things that I'm a little bit concerned. Obviously, Puka Nakua still is, you know, playing very well. So it's not like Cooper Cup is the only man in town as well, too. And I still think the people are very optimistic about Cooper Cup and his name and his abilities. So I'd be looking to flip him for like another stud. Or like if you were really set at wide receiver position, you needed like a, you know, like a stud running back then maybe I'd be trying to make that flip, but I wouldn't be trading, you know, like uh Cooper cup for, you know, like um, like a downgrade or anything of that sort, but I, I'd be looking to try and do a lateral move or, or a package deal where I'm getting, getting better in another position. So this isn't like a panic sell on Cooper cup. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying, take advantage of the name and, and the opportunity to move on just because it, it, it might, it might go downhill quick for him. Very similar to where he got shut down early last year, just due to, he got an injury and they shut him down just, just because you know this the season was going downhill quick, so 
Now, we'll move away from the neg- negativity. Let's move into the positivity <laughs> here, uh, Zach. There's uh, some n- nice names on the list here, and we'll uh, we'll start with yours first. Sure thing. Uh, so I would be looking to add more shares of <clears throat> uh, Javante Williams, somebody that's gotten a lot of love over the past couple of seasons on the pod here. Um, since week six, since missing a game in week five because of injury, uh, he has seen his uh, rushing attempts increase from 10 to 15 to 27 this week, um, which that is a positive progression for somebody that is coming back from a season-ending injury last year. And as a result, with those uh, increase in touches, his weekly finishes are increasing from running back 25 to running back 19 to running back seven on the season. Um, And the nice thing here about Javante is this week is his bye week. So you might be able to catch a, a team manager in a bit of a pickle and you might be able to trade for him this week, knowing that he's not going to contribute to your roster, but maybe getting him on a, a bit of a discount because of that bye week. When he comes back from the bye week, he will play the Buffalo Bills, which is one of the league's weaker uh, rush defenses. Then uh, in weeks 11 and 12, he will go against the Vikings and the Browns, two tougher rushing defenses. But then uh, either in the hunt or during fantasy playoffs, he'll go against Houston, the Chargers, and the Patriots, and then Chargers again, who are all plus matchups for running backs. So he'll be kind of uh, hitting like a sweet spot in his schedule along that same time where you're going to really need his production in your lineup. That's a sneaky play with the bye week coming up, Zach. I like that one. That's a real sneaky play. And Armand, uh, let's jump on the board here with uh, your trade for target. I did two here because the first name that came to mind, mind it might be a little bit too late to to try and get him at a discount here. And that was Austin Eckler. Cause, uh, and I talked about him a bit last week because he, he just came back from injury two weeks ago after the bye week and he put up two dud performances in a row here. And I, I wasn't, I am an Austin Eckler owner in, in the staff league at St. Mary's and I was even considering moving him. Um, because I was in a spot after having him injured and having him put up those duds where like, I really needed some wins here. And, uh, and I was a little, little tilted. Right. And so thinking you might be able to to capitalize on that with some guys who, who are thinking the same way. Um, but this week he put up a big performance in, in the passing game. His, his rushing was still awful. He, he hasn't been very efficient with his, uh, his touches in the running game, but uh, man, he caught uh, seven passes for 94 yards and a touchdown. So um, that really saved his fantasy output this week. And and maybe somebody sees that and is still willing to move him. The other name I put down is a flowers because the rookie, he he's broken out a little bit, but he's not super consistent yet. And Lamar Jackson passing the ball hasn't always been uh, something you can rely on for a wide receiver in fantasy all the time so um that person might be still willing to move flowers thinking uh that they're selling him at his peak when really you might be buying him 
mid peak and and he might explode at the end of the season here it's uh it's actually kind of funny you mentioned the Eckler trade because uh right before this week started I fired out a trade that involved me giving up Eckler and involved me getting Justin Jefferson and now I'm <laughs> super happy that trade did not go through like I I was hoping on uh bounce back Higgins in the offer as well as like Jefferson coming back as soon as possible off the IR and whatnot but like who yeah. pretty happy that one didn't go go through but um my trade for target and I've been saying this for a couple weeks and now I think especially with how poorly the Kansas City Chiefs played this past week it might be able to get this one done it's Isaiah Pacheco his snap share is going up 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 and everybody else's is going down 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 and the amount of touches he gets in the red zone is uh is quite surprising in comparison to what uh last season I know we was dealing with a little bit of injuries towards the end of the season there uh but usually the red zone was kind of where uh where McKinnon just roasted fantasy football down the stretch and, and became a league winner uh but now his touches in the red zone has gone down substantially and Pacheco's has gone up um he has gone back to back to back uh three not including this past week obviously but I believe it was three weeks in a row where he was a hundred 100 yards from scrimmage player uh, and a guy that the offense is going to continually trust. Now this past week was really poor. And the week before that, I think was a little bit of a down week too. I've just got to try and pull up the uh, stats in front of me here. But as I'm talking, uh, he's a guy that I've been kind of monitoring because like it's an offense that's going to put up points this week, not excluded, but uh, week one, he's put up seven points, then another seven, 14, 23, tw- uh, 13, 13, 14. And this past week is 5.2. Um, he's been very, very steady with a lot of upside and a guy that, like I said, is on an explode- explosive offense that I want parts of. Another name I thought we're throwing out to is T Higgins. Um, a lot of people are you know, upset with the production he's had. His touches have been down. His production has been really low. The Bengals offense as a whole has not looked great, but man, did they look really, really good this week. And it was another like huge Jamar Chase week as well as a uh, tutty from uh, Tyler Boyd. But it's a matter of time before T Higgins bounces back and you're not going to get him any lower than you're going to get him right now. So I, I throw that name name out in the mix as well too. But um, get things going here. Um, we've already talked about the Kirk, Kirk Cousins one. This one sucks. I, I, I like Kirk Cousins. I know a lot of people don't like him and he had a bad rap. And, but then he was... Uh, you know, fan favorite after the the quarterback show came out on Netflix, uh, but the team loves him. He's a heart and soul guy for the team, and now, uh, and and obviously he's a fantasy producer for for us folks. That's you know we're we're hardos in the old fantasy business, but uh, it's a tough loss for for not only him, the offense, and for the auxiliary pieces like we previously mentioned. Uh, Matthew Stafford, the thumb, that's worth something that we're gonna have to mention and monitor as the week progresses, and then Kirk uh, Kendrick Bourne. Uh, wide receiver from the uh, from the uh, New England Patriots towards ACL in that one as well too. So that's a season ender for uh, Kendrick Bourne. Studs and duds. We're uh, we're gonna fly through some of these here. We, uh, we're gonna talk in trades and now we're moving into uh, a little bit of a recap. Uh, Armand, this one this one was exciting. This one, if you if you could have gave me plus one one thousand odds, and I still was not going to hit the fact that this guy was even remotely close to this this week. So let's do uh, your your stud first because this one was fun to watch. Is Levis legit? And the first immediate response that uh, we get is it it seems so. Um, he went nineteen for twenty nine, two hundred thirty eight passing yards, which isn't a huge number, but then he had four touchdowns and zero interceptions. 
And you know what? It, it looked pretty good. Um, now, D-Hop seems to be a good connection to for him, getting three of those four touchdown passes, um, which, uh, you know, like, that's that's pretty incredible for D-Hop owners, too. Um, I know myself, I'm putting in a bid for, for Will Levis in a league where I need a QB um, just to kind of see how things roll out here because it seems like he might be the Tennessee Titans savior um and uh yeah we'll see what happens here that was that was fun to watch i didn't i was very skeptic in my dfs i picked up atlanta i thought you know going two quarterback system there's gonna be picks coming like crazy levis will levis went in there and he uh he looked good he looked good here in that starting position they already announced that he's gonna be the starter this upcoming week so uh get on the uh will levis train uh zach your stud of the week yeah, I went with another young player that uh, to this point in their career hasn't been getting the the notoriety that I think they will be getting going forward. And that is tight end Trey McBride for the, the Cardinals. Um, and his emergence has a lot to do with the absence of Zach Ertz, uh, who landed on IR over the week. Uh, but prior to Zach Ertz going on IR, uh, Trey McBride, his targets were going up over the past couple of weeks um, from three in week five to five in week six, six in week seven, all the way up to 14 in week eight. Um, and over that span, he has had at least eight and a half yards per reception. So he is getting the ball um, at a comparable rate to the the top tight ends uh, in the league, at least as far as uh, receptions downfield are concerned. Uh, so going forward, I, I don't know if this is sustainable, but it is something that I am interested in. And I am certainly happy that I picked him up in a couple of my leagues, uh, Friday and Saturday. So now I don't have to compete against, uh, people that I would be competing against to get him off waivers. So, uh, lucky for me, I, uh, kind of followed a hunch and it paid off. In that, in that one league, I picked up Taysom Hill. And then I was browsing the waiver wire and I was like, man, I should really pick up Trey McBride. And I was like, well, I got Taysom Hill. I'll, I'll let it ride with him. And it, it kind of worked out that I went with McBride or went with uh, Taysom. But yeah, it was one of those ones where I was like, gosh, should I still pick him up anyways? Cause I need a tight end. And well, I think we both kind of found one in that same week there. And then to my chagrin, I looked at the waiver wire and I decided, I was like, you know what, let's just, let's just pick him up. And sure enough, Sunday morning, Zach Strong already put him on his roster. So there he was. <laughs> um, my stud of the week, uh, the Dallas Cowboys looked real good. They looked real good. The offense was back and rolling and they put up a statement versus the, uh, Los Angeles Rams. And that was obviously to the, to the uh, beat of the drum of Dak Prescott. But my stud is CD lamb, 14 targets, 12 receptions, 158 yards and two tutties. And a lot of this happened in the first half of that football game. CD lamb was getting targeted the ball very frequent, very often, and was looking really, really good. Very happy with CeeDee Lamb so far, and he is a budding superstar in, in the NFL and, and obviously a key keystone piece to that uh, that um, that Dallas offense. So um, to the not-so-goods, um, let's, go, let's just go to Zach here because, um, yeah, this – I mean, we talked about one already a little bit, but as as a whole, the unit uh, struggled. Yeah, this one was uh, pretty tough. 
Um, and I'm sure this bit a lot of people in the butt uh, to varying degrees this week. Um, my dud is, or are, is are, not too sure, uh, <laughs> the three starting wide receivers for the LA Rams, that being Cooper Cup, uh, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell. Um, of the three, Atwell finished uh, the highest on the week at uh, 63 overall. So uh, that just kind of goes to show how poor that passing game was over uh, the weekend. Um, and it does have a lot to do with the fact that Stafford was injured, and I believe he did miss part of that game. Um, regardless, though, uh, with them being down as much as they were and as early on in the game as they were down. Um, I would have expected a lot of production from these guys where they'd be getting the ball thrown their way and producing a lot more than they did because they were targeted a lot. Cooper Cup had 10 targets, Nakua had seven, and Atwell had four. Uh, but they just weren't able to do much with the targets that they were given. Armand, um, my stud ate into your dud, so let's, uh, let's hear what you're done. <laughs> Yeah, my dud of the week is Tony Pollard, who only got six fantasy points. And the the thing is, is kind of like you said, it was to the beat of Dak Prescott to, for Dallas this week, and CeeDee Lamb benefited from it. And Tony Pollard uh, got destroyed because of it. And you would think in a positive game script where you're destroying the other team, your running back should be able to produce some sort of fantasy production um and get yards on the ground there and and a little bit of check down work and stuff and and be a little bit more involved than than Pollard was in this game so um sorry Tony you uh you kind of got dumped on here the way she goes sometimes unfortunately I mean when the points can only go so far I guess <laughs> but I mean they did get a lot of them so um my dad I already talked about the uh how how poorly this game was, but Patrick Mahomes, 5.64 fantasy points against the Denver Broncos. That was a like a serious plus matchup. And boy, did they they put a goose. Did not play well. Zero offensive touchdowns. Um, I think zero touchdowns total. I think they had three field goals, maybe, or something like that. If I if I double check my my numbers, but this was a stinker. It was a positive matchup for them against Denver, but uh they sucked. That's we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Moving into uh, week nine, uh, dumb, you know, last week we had zero buys. This upcoming week we have four Denver Broncos, Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the San Francisco 49ers. And if there is a team that needs the bye week more than anybody right now, it is the San Francisco 49ers because they are on a skid. But uh, we'll go into our starts and sits and that's going to wrap it up for us. So Zach, we'll fire it up with you. All right, well, this week I am starting Josh Downs. Uh, Josh Downs has had himself a bit of a tear here since um, Richardson went down, and and he's filled in really nicely with uh, Minshew. So uh, look at Josh Downs against a weaker passing team in the Carolina Panthers. Armand, your start of the week. A name that is first time heard on the pod, Rashid. Shahid from New Orleans. He's a wide receiver. Um, they're playing Chicago this week, week, which is a nice soft matchup, and he has been explosive. He doesn't need a lot of targets to really put up fantasy points for you. He put up 
um, 30 PPR points this week um, on just three receptions. So that just kind of tells you what kind of player he is and what he can do when he has the ball in his hands. And um, yeah, I'm starting to believe in him and I'm willing to start him this week. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, this is a guy that came off the street, signed with his old team again, and <laughs> has been doing very, very well uh, going against Arizona here this upcoming week. They are a very much, very much a plus matchup, uh, averaging 22.6 fantasy points to the running back. And since Kareem Hunt has come back, he has slowly inter, um, integrated himself into the the offense. Um, he's got San Francisco 14.6 fantasy points against Indianapolis, 15.1 fantasy points. And this last week against Seattle, 16 point or 13.2 fantasy points. So um, been very steady, consistent, and against a team that gives up a lot of fantasy points to the running back position. Uh, Kareem Hunt, fire him up in your fantasy lineups. Power sits, the not so goods. The let's put them on the uh, the bottom end of your lineups, the bench. Uh, Zach, let's hear who you got. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Hollywood or, or Marquise Brown, uh, wide receiver for the Cardinals. And a lot like what I said about Hawkinson, this rings true with Brown. Uh, the staff in Arizona have already come out saying they're uh, sitting um, Dobbs. And if that means it's either going to be Kyler Murray's first game back after a pretty catastrophic injury or Clayton Toon's first ever start, uh, neither of those are very exciting to me against a very, very mean and formidable defense with the Browns. So I would be looking at options outside of Hollywood. That, that Cleveland Browns defense is legit, like legit, legit good. Um, Armin, I think if we look back at every single one of our starts and sits of the year, this guy's made our sit list. I think so. This is week nine. I think he's made it at least over half of our starts and sits. But let's uh, let's hear it one more time. Well, you know what? I'm just gonna say you can sit him next week as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe consider starting him again in week eleven. Well, well, we'll retouch base in in week eleven. Uh, but Damian Pierce, man, he is having having a rough season. He is now the last two games that Houston has had has been under 50% snap share for that team. So he's not been efficient. He has not been good for them. He's not getting any receiving work either. And he's losing touches to Devin Singletary. So um, just sit Damian Pierce until you hear otherwise. I tell you to try and trade him, but you're not going to get anything for him right now. Yeah. When you're losing touches to Singletary, uh, that's not what you want. Um <laughs> My start sit is going to be Deontay Foreman. Uh, he had a huge, huge, huge monstrous week against Las Vegas in week seven, 31.5 fantasy points. He had three touchdowns uh, this past week against the Chargers, which is a positive matchup. He was only able to muster up 4.1 fantasy points. Uh, so that's not going to do it. And coming up against New Orleans, who is one of the best defenses against the running uh, running back. I think they are a top five. Oh, sorry, just outside the top five. They are top six, averaging 12.7 fantasy points to the position. Uh, this is going to be a uh, not great situation. As well to mention that in that previous matchup where Deontay Foreman smashed, he was the lone back in town. Now we're starting to see uh, some of the bodies coming back. Uh, the rookie named Johnson has escaped me. Zach, help me out, please. Um the rookie from Denver running back. Um, 
or um sorry not denver uh from chicago sorry not denver my goodness uh roshan roshan johnson thank you so he's back he was uh healthy this past week so he ate into him a little bit too um deonta foreman is not somebody i'd be looking to uh smash into my lineup too all right i have nine minutes and 54 seconds left of the monday nighter to watch here and i guess i don't have to really cheer for much anymore all my match this so actually that's a lot i need jared goff i think Hold on, I'm just gonna check real quick while I while we got a second left in the pod. Um, I need Jared Goff to get me two more fantasy points, and I won in every single one of my fantasy weeks matchups, which is like I'm in 12 leagues, so I don't know if I've ever done that before. And some of my teams stink. Like this one team that I need Goff to get two points in, we're 0 and seven. We're full rebuild. So <laughs> This might be a miracle, but it is a pretty, pretty rare feat. Actually, I don't think I've ever done that, and I'm in seven leagues. So, yeah, this this will be this will be a magical moment if this happens. But leave it to golf to break my heart. So, um, that's gonna that's gonna do it here for uh, episode number one hundred and two. Week number eight is in the books as of uh, as this podcast drops. We're getting ourselves ready for week number nine. So enjoy uh, enjoy some football this week. Um, Good luck in your matchups and. It's hard to believe we are already over the halfway point for for fantasy league. So um, enjoy the fa- enjoy the football we got it because uh, it won't be long until uh, the, the fantasy season will be uh, a, a recent memory. Good luck in your week nine matchups, everybody. Take care. Let's uh, let's talk soon.